on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Guessman, coming to you on a Thursday, April 7th, ahead of the first El Trafico of the 2022 season. LA Galaxy and LAFC at Dignity Health Sports Park coming up on Saturday at 4.30 p.m. TV start time, 4.55 kickoff time. We're going to get you ready for that. We have some other news we're going to get to, including some info on the block party, possibly some involvement on our part in the block party. Uh, we have some injury updates. We're basically, listen, there's going to be some news. Most of this is focused on the game coming up on Saturday against LAFC. So, a lot to get to tonight. It doesn't feel like it, but trust me, there will be. To help me do all that, she's back. She's ready to go. It's Sophie the Cannon Nicolau. Sophie, are you, are you alive over there? I'm melting. <laughs> I am literally melting. Um, I've hardly had any sleep, and it has been so hot here today. I have no air conditioning. Yes. My hair is going absolutely insane. So other than that, I'm perfect. You're perfect. I was going to say, it's not hot here at all. Uh, not even a little bit. I just, I don't know. It, there's no red lights on in the studio. It's just that warm. Uh, and I decided to wear long sleeves. Good call. Good call on my part. I think that, I think that that's a, that's an error on the guessman uh, in this particular note. It, it, it's too hot, Sophie. A hundred degrees. It, where I we live, see. it was like a hundred and one degrees. It's, it's honestly, my hair's starting to go. By the time the show ends, I will look like, um, I don't know, uh, some type of curly haired animal um, that sweats a lot, you know, reminiscent of swine, perhaps on the sweating <laughs> side of things. But maybe, yes. you'd be, maybe you'd be like an adorable sloth, right? I mean, they're just, you're, it's so hot, you're not going to move quickly, but otherwise you'll be okay. Do you think that's the case? Uh, yeah, I mean, I can see it's already wilting. But anyway, enough about me. What do you think of me? <laughs> <laughs> I think you're doing great. I think you're doing great. Uh, I had the AC on in the studio here for about, oh, uh, an hour and a half. So I'm okay for now. But I turned it off because obviously otherwise it would just be 
the whole time we're recording, which is great ASMR, I'm sure. Um, but uh, having said that, um, <laughs> I don't do that. So everything's off now. So slowly, ever so slowly, the temperature is going to start to ratchet up in here. So by the time we're done, I may also be a, p- a puddle over here. Um, and Your lighting around. is helping the situation, though, I have to say. You've got that, you know, that kind of, I've said before, the Robert Redford lens hey you know what i'm going to tell you these these uh these prime lenses that they have for for like real cameras do a great job of softening some things so i'm very thankful in hd they soften things i I appreciate it so all right it's hot it's supposed to be hot tomorrow on friday it's supposed to be nice for the game on saturday all right that's that's the 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 outlook i can give you uh for this if you are suffering through the heat like most of us um then you can look forward to saturday tomorrow you can't look forward to it's not going to be any better um but we if you know it's gonna be hot enough in the stadium with all those people in la galaxy say they're expecting a sellout all those things they gave us the sophie they gave us our famous our infamous arrive early arrival yeah i got the got the memo yep everyone get the memo everybody everybody got it arrive early the la galaxy are saying um saying please arrive early they are expecting a sellout it is a sellout they're going to sell out this game they already basically announced it um and so we know that that means there's probably about twenty five thousand plus people there uh maybe depends on how many um how many extra seats they add in, whether they open the grass, they do a whole bunch of other things to sort of tells us how close we get to that 27,000 number, but 25, like 174, I think is the sellout number right now. Um, and if you add in like the berm, then it gets up to like 26. And then if you get into 26, it gets real close to 27, but not quite 27 anymore. So, yeah. Please arrive early and spend more money. <laughs> yes, everybody. Go get the pupusas. I'm I'm big. Kevin, the the panda, and I were out at training on Wednesday, and as soon as he saw me, he goes, "We're getting pupusas on Saturday, right?" So that's that's where. How Kevin... many have you guys eaten since the pupusas have arrived? So this the just it's just been two games that we have been there to to eat. Um, you had three the last yes, time I saw. You I had three. I, so I've had six. I have had six pupusas because I get three each time. So I will get three again because it's a well-known fact, and everybody on the show knows I can eat a total of two so i always get three because you don't want to be left hungry what if you're a little yeah. bit hungry after two what if you need two and a quarter this time or two and a half so um, i haven't had one yet every time i go i don't get there in time and it's insane so i need a pupusa tell tell baxter to grab me one and i'll give him the money i'm afraid that if i ask him to grab a pupusa that he'll make a rude he'll might comment. have a meltdown that he'll make a rude comment i so the whole day, i will i will make sure we will get you a pupusa that's not a problem okay. we, we'll make it all happen right. um all right let's we have to clean up some things from the portland game la galaxy get a 3-1 win over portland sophie did you watch any of that game did you get to see it I did. Were, were you I did. were you I was, impressed were you not impressed what what did you expect that was a stupid game but yes go it, ahead it, it was the craziest game uh i loved yours and eric's uh tweets after it was like fire up the jet um <laughs> you know get us to the tarmac and let's just get the heck out of here Ye- uh the referee was I, I believe i asked greg who did i ask someone about i can't no i don't think this was the game i asked about the referee i asked um, Chicharito question about yeah. his uh, positioning and performance, something like that. Maybe I don't know, but you, anyway, you did. He said you had kind words. He goes, "I appreciate." It's not that I don't. Right. Uh, it's not that I don't appreciate your kind words. Yes, yes um, that's my that best Chicharito nice. uh, impression. The referee had a horror show, and he was making makeup calls the whole time. But look, to go up to Portland and get a result, uh, especially in a tricky game where the referee wanted to be the star of the show, three points. Bagged. Let's move on. No rearview mirror syndrome here. Yeah, you got to go. The only uh, the only hangover from that, of course, is that Mark Delgado uh, will be suspended for this game. The 
the workhorse in the center of midfield for the LA Galaxy will be that missing. That was a stupid challenge, though. I mean, he should know better than that. That was I, silly. The second one is not the one I argue about. The first yeah. one is the one where it was like, there totally. really wasn't much in that to be a yellow card. And at that point, you could tell nobody had any idea what a yellow card was. It, Greg blamed him, right? I mean, straight up. He goes, Mark needs to know better that, you know, he calls, he calls him Marky. And then everybody goes, see, Greg calls him Marky. I'm like, Greg's known him since he was a youngin. He's allowed to do whatever he wants. Right. Um, but, you know, having said that uh mark delgado uh got a red card well his his fun is not over so let's clean this up uh, the mls disciplinary committee has found la galaxy midfielder mark delgado guilty of failure to leave the field in a timely manner in the 61st minute of the galaxy's match against the portland timbers uh delgado has been fined an undisclosed amount for his actions all right so uh everybody always I, somebody asked me a really good question today <laughs> and i was like so i haven't I, 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 they said they said well how fast do you have to leave in order to not get fined I'm like, that's a really good question because especially with VAR right now, you kind of don't want to leave right away, right? You want to give them a chance to maybe look at it and say, yeah, for sure you're going the whole deal. Um, and so I felt like Delgado was just doing that. I don't think he held up the game. It didn't feel like he took a, uh, he didn't lollygag on down to first base and lollygag into the infield. No, he, he, it seemed like he left. It wasn't like the game was held up while, while the referee continued to ask him to leave. You have, you must leave. You must leave. I, so I don't know what the rule is. Like, do you just have to go right away? Turn and turn and burn. I mean, how many times in football across all leagues around the world do we see players just trotting off when they're being substituted? Another insanely ridiculous decision in a game that was full of faux pas by the officials, especially the referee. This is the most ridiculous thing I have seen in a very long time when it comes to officiating in, in Major League Soccer. And there have been some major faux pas over the years. This is just stupid. Yeah, it, it's, it, it boggles. By the way, the uh, the Portland Timbers, I think it was Bonilla um, who got red carded. He also got fined for not leaving the time the field in a timely manner. I didn't think he stayed on the field too long either. So, I mean... I have a question, Josh. Yes, Miss Sophie in the corner. When are they going to start finding referees or carding referees and having a table for referees, Josh Guessman, please. <sighs> I mean, so do you know my history with referees? My dad was a referee, like, and not, a, not at any level, right? Like, whenever I was playing soccer, he was a referee. And so my dad is convinced that I just hate referees. But I... I <laughs> <laughs> and he's always like, he's like, man, there's never a referee that you like, man. It's just never a referee that you like. And I'm like, no, you were fine. I had zero issues with you. I go, but other people, yes, I do. The biggest problem in this game, in that Portland game was, and we, we talked about it on Monday, was that you didn't know what a foul was. You didn't know what how much you should. So then guys just start throwing their bodies into each other. And you're like, well, that's clearly a foul. And then it wouldn't get called. And so then right. it opens up yellow cards because you don't even know what a foul is. So how can you even know what a yellow card is? And it, people go, well, you play all the time. You should know. But that referee was basically saying, I don't know what a foul is. I right. don't know how to referee this game. And Greg was like, yeah, it was crazy. And, you know, he's he because he, I think I, I let off with that seemed like it was a wacky game. What do you take from it? He's like three points. He just went off. Yeah. yeah. And then he was like, and the referee. Well, that's that's Greg anyway. He's great. You can ask him any question. The first one he's going to tell yeah. you tell you about the game and everything. By the way, um, before we move too fast, uh, Stefan um, gave us a $20 super chat to start the show. Says, won't be able to make the live show, but I've been wondering whatever happened to Farai Mutatu. Also for Sophie, chances of the Gunners making Champions League spot. Sophie, oh, I know you were not happy with them. Just quick, quickly, yes or no, Champions League spot. I am wearing my... 
Gunner's yep. shirt this evening. Um, it's not over yet. Yes, we have every single chance of still making the Champions League, but I'd like it decided before that North London derby because I can't take that game and losing to Tottenham. <laughs> I just can't. That's that's not that's not going to make you uh, feel good uh, no. about that at all. So, um, Mutatu. This is, uh, I'm in a weird position on this one. And so I will tell you that what I have been telling everybody, which is uh, Galaxy are working on whatever they're working on. Uh, I happen to know exactly what they're working on. And it's not that I don't want to tell you because most of the time I would gladly tell all the listeners exactly what's going on. Um, but in this particular case, I think it, it deserves a little to be reserved. So we're going to wait. I'm going to tell you the Galaxy are working on it. I had a really good chat with Greg Vanny about it after the press conference on Wednesday. He and I, one-on-one, had a nice little chat about it. I know all the stuff that he knows, or at least that he shared with me. Um, and they're working towards a resolution on all these things. But there's no, I can't get into any details yet, and I will. It's just, it's weird. I really want to tell everybody, but it, it doesn't benefit anybody to do that right now. So we will, we will get it, and I will explain it all as soon as I can. Um, because wow. it, yeah, it's interesting. Um, the whole deal. So it's, it's all good. There's no problems. Uh, I, I would say that if anything, Greg told me how high he is on Mutatu. Um, cause I sort of said, you know, Hey, I can, I can share this. I said, well, like a G2 guy or a senior team. He's like, he's a senior team guy. We think we want him on the, on the first team. I said, okay, cool. I mean, you know, it was, it was a nice little chat. So that's what, that's what I can say about that right now. But all of this will be cleared up eventually in the future. And then we'll have a nice long chat about it. Well, and we'll invite Fry on and we can talk about it. It'll be great, but we, we're not there yet. So, um, I don't want to, I don't want to get everybody, you know, all riled up. Does that, it, it, wow, it's that a, was just like going through an episode of black mirror. <laughs> Wow, my mind's blown. Twists and turns. Um, <laughs> I don't watch scary shows like Black Mirror. I would like to point out I have an overactive imagination, so I don't need any of that. To... You stick to Hamilton. Yes, exactly. Stuff like, I, you know, musical theater is a lot, lot more my speed. My wife doesn't like scary movies either, by the way, which is why we got married. So We that... both have our ice water going. It's so hot. <laughs> It's a it's an interesting one. Um, okay, so that's that. So we so we got through that, and then there was also uh, Michael gave us a ten dollars super chat and says, "Hey guys, long time listener and first time live listener and commenter. All right, Michael, welcome. Oh, wow, we appreciate it. Uh, if you could steal a smooch from any LA Galaxy player, past or present, who would it be? Why David Beckham? Um, <laughs> I'd have to. I'm sure I'd have to think about David Beckham. Um, Sophie, a smooch. Well, because from- I've already kissed David Beckham, I'll go for Zlatan. <sighs> I mean, I feel like... Come on, you set that one up for me. I mean, I feel like Zlatan would be a, a, a gruff lover. Uh, if we're being like, he's, he's a take charge kind of guy. I feel like David would be a little more gentler for me. That's, that's more, I think my, more my style there. I'm glad there we go. $10 super chat. Definitely worth the price of admission today. <laughs> <sighs> I'm sure I'll hear about that one. Whenever I go into well, the, the press box. The show's about to go like sideways. <laughs> yeah, we're here. We are in trouble. Uh, LA galaxy announced a block party coming up. I want to get to this. There's a couple things to talk about for this. So it's a block party. Why are they having a block party? Because we talked about this a while ago, but uh, Soph and, and you and I talked about it not just before we got on the air, but basically what happened in the city of Torrance is the LA Galaxy helped save some soccer fields. Uh, the state of California was leasing the land of the city of Torrance that had soccer fields on it. 
Uh, the soccer fields were always busy. It's right across from the soccer center that the LA Galaxy have, their indoor soccer center. Um, there's a lot of LA Galaxy employees who have kids who play soccer on these fields, and they were always busy. They were always doing stuff. Uh, and then there's a rule change basically within the state of California that said that they can't like gift land like that, that they actually have to get market value for it. And so they said, well, we're going to have to charge you market value for it, which, by the way, is not like a penny like they were charging before, right? So all this stuff, it came up. So basically, it was going to be, you know, probably close to a million dollars or something like that. Um, and the LA Galaxy said, city of Torrance, we're going to help you out. We're going to, we're going to do it. We're going to take it over and we'll lease it from the, from the city, from the state of California for you at the price. And then we will let it be used for LA Galaxy, uh, you know, Academy games and, 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 uh, different sort of events that they want to have there. And also then make sure that the people, the people in the city of Torrance have access to it as well. So there's some preferential treatment the LA Galaxy get, but they went out. So and they redid the entire soccer fields as well. I have a picture of them up if you're on the uh, video side of the uh, of the podcast. Um, they all look great. They look gorgeous. They're brand new, re- readily renovated. So the LA Galaxy decided that they're going to throw a block party on April 16th at 3 p.m. at these fields. The mayor of Torrance, I believe, is going to be there. There's going to be a ribbon cutting. There's going to be a, like a ceremony. And then there's going to be an LA Galaxy fan fest that begins at about 3.15. There's a soccer clinic with some Torrance youth starting at 3.15. And then at 5 p.m., they're going to do a watch party for the LA Galaxy versus the Chicago Fire. Everything wraps up at about 7.30 p.m. Here's the deal. I have been asked if, the, if our podcast will go do a live show from this. Uh, and I'm considering it. So uh, I think right now the answer is probably going to be yes. I have to work out details with the Galaxy and then we will publish those. But I, you know, as of right now, I would say save your Saturday. I know it's a Saturday before uh, the Easter Bunny comes, but, you know, the Easter Bunny comes on Sunday, not on Saturday. So come on out and and do a watch party and be at the Torrance Fields. And we're going to try to have a a, a live show there. And we're going to get some of our our co-hosts to come down and hopefully hang out with us. So that's my that's my pitch. I think we're going to do it. I'm like 98 percent sure right now. Just have to finish up some little details and then we will be out there. But I wanted to give everybody a heads up so that we might be out there. So Josh is Josh is committing to this like Greg Vanny does when there's a rumored player about to sign. <laughs> oh, Sophie, we will get to that in like two seconds. And yes, there there is a rumor out there. And we did talk to um, to to Greg Vanny about it. So that was something. Here's the here's the fun part, though. They were saying, hey, come to the watch party. Uh, and I was out at training on Wednesday and they said, yeah, maybe you could do a podcast or something because it'll be our first game on our local TV. Mm-hmm. And I go, so who's going to be local TV? And they're like, we're going to tell you soon. Well, I'm here to break a little news for you. I'm sure you're not surprised. Uh, the LA Galaxy actually put a graphic out with the name on it, which sort of helped me tie this down. But Spectrum Sportsnet will be for the 2022 season, uh, at least. And I don't know the details. I have no idea what they're, what what the details of the deal are. And we're supposed to hear more about it um, next week. So you're not going to hear anything this weekend. But next week... Um, and so basically the whole idea is that Spectrum is going to take over those local broadcasts um, and, and do that. And you can expect to have Kobe Jones and Joe Titino and Nikki K there. I imagine they're going to bring back the same crew on it. The only reason that this makes sense of the only reason that you should be like, OK, fine, because I know people don't like Spectrum. I get it 100 percent. And I'm, I'm with you on that. They don't put a lot of effort into the something. But that doesn't mean anything to Joe or Kobe or Nikki. They put a ton of effort into what they do. It's just the channel overall and trying to, you know, advertise for the LA galaxy and do stuff. Um, so, um, but they're the reason it's good for them to do it this one year is that they have done it. They were the ones who were already doing it. They can do it for another year. And may, if it needs to be the bridge year, which we were expecting just one more year until mm-hmm. the league's big, 
we're going to bundle everything together and then sell it all as one thing and make a whole bunch of money, even though apparently, as The Athletic has reported, I believe uh, that that seems like that might not happen and that teams may have to go out to local broadcasts again and actually find a local broadcast partner. Um, as that happens, I think Spectrum is in the position to mm. do it better than anybody else. I right wonder now. why that, why wouldn't that happen? Did they allude as to, as to why? Because it feels, it feels like the league is in such a strong position to negotiate now, um, with the growth and the different various markets. Uh, it's, isn't it, it, it's been more beneficial, isn't it? For everyone to go in, you know, with all the rules and regulations of the league in terms of coming in, having to buy into what it costs to start a team, um, what the, you know, with the salary caps, with cams and jams and hams and tams. I mean, why, why wouldn't that happen? So the, the, the scuttlebutt is that MLS was not going to get enough money for it, right? MLS came out and said, oh man, I think we're expecting about $300 million for this deal, right? And the current deal right now that isn't bundled is about 90 Right. And so they wanted to put like ML, the 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 MLS next pro league, you know, the yeah. reserve league. They wanted to put that as part of it. So that's a category that's involved in that. And then they're going to put all the inventory of all the local games and they would all be in one spot. And Was I always liked that idea. I was like, oh, this could be really cool. It could be really fun to just be able to go to one place and watch all the games. Was that pre-COVID, those numbers? No, that was that was not that long ago. And it seems right. now that perhaps MLS was was maybe presumptuous was presumptuous or not only that but trying to stir up the oh well we're going to get 300 million dollars and we already have offers Mm. and And then it's like well no you're not um so apparently the numbers have come in a lot lower and if that's the case and they're not going to bundle everything then the la galaxy and all the teams will have to go out and find local broadcast partners um spectrum has been uh, you know a very good partner for the la galaxy whether or not you like the coverage they paid them a lot of money i can't imagine they're getting they're paying the la galaxy a whole bunch of money for this year in fact i would be surprised if it was uh, any money was really changing hands and perhaps that uh, that Spectrum is doing it just for the broadcast, basically how much it costs them right. to broadcast it. Right. Um, so that's something as well. So, yeah, it's interesting. Very it, interesting. It, it's very interesting. But anyway, expect Spectrum Sports that. That's what I'm telling you. Um, and I think right now we're expecting an announcement next week sometime. Um and I probably wouldn't have been able to talk about it unless the Galaxy themselves had sent out this nice little... Um, That's so epic that they did that, by the way. <laughs> <and> that <laughs> you know, the best laid everybody, the best laid plans, the best of intentions, I'm sure. Nobody meant so to do good. it. And they're like, oh, well, I have this graphic. Let's, can we send it out? Yeah, it's all true information. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that deal hasn't been announced yet, but that's okay. Um, so that's, that's where we sit with that. So... Uh, one more thing I want to get to, and then literally we're going to start talking about, you know, uh, the rest of the league and getting ready for this LAFC game. Cause it is that big of a game. And we do have that much to talk about, um, is that Roger Gonzalez from CBS sports, uh, put out a tweet. Uh, this was on April 5th. So about two days ago, recording on the seventh, uh, and says sources tell CBS sports that Los Angeles galaxy are in talks over a loan move for Watford and Nigeria center back, William Truce to Kong. So that sent off alarm bells across all of LA Galaxy land. Everybody was talking about it. Uh, there was enough in it, by the way. There was, and there's, there's other reports out there that says that Watford was saying, well, there's been no offer, which, of course, maybe they haven't gotten to that point yet. I mean, I always love it. Like, we don't have an offer. It's like, well, it doesn't mean you're not talking about it. So don't pretend, don't come off like you're not, you're not getting anything out of it. Shush. Um, so there's enough smoke here, Soph, that something is going on. 
Um, Tottenham youth player at the LA Galaxy. I mean, <laughs> fine, I'll accept it. Will you, will you talk to him if he, if he comes? Or are you going to be like, I don't like you that much? You know, I might be a little picky. I mean, he played for Udinese, did pretty well um, he, he's in a, Italy. He's apparently a good center back, even the fact that I think Watford is like a minus 26 in goal differential right now. I think that's more of a Watford problem and less of a, of a, of a, of a William Truce to Kong problem. Um, so anyway, so that was it. Now we're going to start, let's, let's keep that in mind now. Cause we're going to talk a little bit about Wednesday's media availability. It was in person. Uh, I was out there. Kevin was out there. Scott French was out there. Damian Calhoun was out there. Uh, Delmi and Gio were out there. Um, let's see. Nikki K was out there. I'm trying to think. I mean, uh, Kat, I could not make it. Unfortunately, yeah, I know we missed you. Cause it was really, it was like the gang was back in town. It was, yeah. it was whereas Katia, Katia Castorena, uh, was there as well. And she's amazing. So they had ESPN Deportes out there. So, um, that's the side she was working on. So uh, the normal folks were out there and in attendance and, and paying attention. Um, and so we got to talk to Chicharito. We got to talk to Raheem Edwards and we got to talk to Greg Vanny. So when we did talk to Greg Vanny, that was one of my questions. I did ask him about, uh, this, this rumor about a center back. So, um, I don't know. I mean, so one of the things is, uh, we have, and I, I think it's, it's important to say there are eight center backs currently on this LA galaxy team. So, I mean, and I how many are good? Yeah, I, I mean, yes, true, but you still have eight. It's not like you can sit there and say, oh, well, you know, definitely need one. So I, one of my questions was, and sort of a follow-up was, um, well, do you need somebody in that position if you're looking? I mean, do you need eight is eight, as they say on uh, on Notting Hill, uh, eight is a lot of legs, David. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite movies, by the way. Um, and so, uh, you know, eight is a lot of center backs, Greg. Uh, I, I joked around. I think maybe Greg has a hoarding problem and he likes to hoard center backs because there's a lot of them. I mean, and in to to, to be fair to to Greg, um, I, when I said, I said, is that even a position of need? And I'll, I'll get his answers here in a second. But basically he was like, you know, we haven't even worked Eric Zavaleta into the whole thing. So I'm like, yeah, Greg, you haven't even worked Eric Zavaleta into things. So why? And clearly... I'll say this, Greg, Greg didn't have any comment on the rumor. He said, I don't, I'm because not going to comment. Because it's poor planning. What, I mean, it's poor, is it poor recruitment? Is it poor planning? Is it, um, you know, misguided scouting? Is what, what is it? And how many of those eight are good enough? And how many, Yeah. you know, I, I mean, it's not, it's, I think it's embarrassing. Well, let me let me get to Greg. Here's here's Greg's right. comments. That way we can see it, and then we'll, we will talk about it. Um, and let's see. I'll just start from my question. Why not? It's it, listen. This isn't as good as whenever it's on Zoom with the audio being all perfect. Like there's airplanes flying yeah. over and like lawnmowers and tractors <laughs> and you know people talking. So um, here is the audio from uh, from my question to Greg. Greg, there's a there's a rumor that perhaps the Galaxy are interested in a center back from Watford, uh, William Trost Kong. Do you have any comment on that? Are those rumors true? Uh, no comments. I I know the player, uh, but that's about the extent of, of the situation. Outside of that, is center back a, a place that you're looking to to reinforce? Not really a priority in the moment. I think our our guys. We have a number of center backs. We have you know Zavaleta, who we haven't even gotten into the mix yet, just yet. Uh, who we've been integrating into the group. So I don't think it's a it's a priority at this moment. I think you saw one of the things as our priority. If we lose one midfielder right now, we start to get a little bit thinner, especially in that defensive midfield role. Uh, and obviously with, with Jorge not involved right now, with his recovery, we're a little thin on the left-back position. So these are some areas that 
that also we're we're trying to make sure that we're covered in and we have solutions for as the season continues to progress. But uh, center back isn't the main priority in the, in the short term. So so center back is not the main priority, and it is a priority though. That's he's like if I'm reading between the lines, it is a priority. It's something they're thinking about. I don't know if they're thinking about it for this summer. I don't know if they're thinking about it for like next year. If you're going to get somebody like him, you're going to pick him up in the summer because that's when the season is over and he's going to have a chance to move. And there's there's clearly some some opportunity there, which means you might have to get him before you lose some of your other players. Right. So there are some guys, I think, if I remember on the roster that are only two year deals. And so that two year deals comes up at, at wintertime. So if you're going to secure somebody like uh, like William, then you're going to have to do it now and you have to sort of do it with an eye to the future. So one, yes, poor planning because they have eight center backs right now um, and they could possibly have nine at summertime if they think that this is how it's going to work. I would imagine if they do that, though, Sophie, they're going to have to get rid of somebody. It's just not going to happen in summertime. It's going to happen at the end of the season. So remember when we signed Diego Costa and I said, I say we, thinking, yeah, Uh, when LA Galaxy signed uh, Diego, not to give away my allegiance, right? um, (laughs) signed Diego Costa and I said he's already the best player on the team, okay? Barring injuries, barring whatever, talent-wise, Diego Costa is and has been a world-class player. He immediately becomes the best defender in this side, Right. And I don't think that's an exaggeration at all. He plays at international level. Right. With um, Nigeria. Yes. And, um, you know, it's, uh, Nigeria have got a lot of talented players as well. So, and I, is he 27 or 28? I don't remember. I actually didn't look it up. It was one of those things that, that sort of happened, but I think he's right around that age. So I, we, we'll have the chat look it up for us. Yeah. Chat room, look that up for us, please. Yeah. Um, so I, th- I think if you're going to sign a defender, sign him. Right. Right. And and start clearing the decks with some of the others, Josh. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, listen, I have been and I see it and I don't I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't feel like I'm wrong, but I can be wrong. Uh, I would not have sat. <laughs> I would not have sat Sega Koulibaly because I thought he was playing a, a, the better center back position than Nick DePew. And Nick DePew was a problem in the Portland game. Um, so so I mean, right now, if you're talking about the best starting center backs for me, it's Williams and who I thought played fine against Portland. I thought Williams was fine. Um, it's Williams and and Koulibaly. Now, I'm of the firm belief that you can't trust Sega Koulibaly either. But if you're trying to put out your best ones, I don't know that it was Nick DePew. Um, I don't even understand. I know this is no disrespect whatsoever. He's a lovely fella. He's but I very just nice. do not understand how he starts for a team like LA Galaxy. I've never seen I've never seen it. Um, he's just always a tad too slow. I mean, I don't want to go into a critique on Depew right now, but I completely agree with you. And you've been very crit- critical of um, Koulibaly. Absolutely. Um, but he's been really bad. Um, that's why. But like, he's it, not <laughs> been as bad as Depew. He hasn't. Well, and so, you know, last year he was really bad. I think Koulibaly in the first five games was probably the LA Galaxy's best center back. Mm-hmm. And I think you reward that. I think you I think you keep him out there. I think you see how high his ceiling is because I feel like there's more of a center back mentality. And I like Williams and Koulibaly pairing next to each other better than I like Nick DePew. Nick DePew is a converted striker. He's still learning the position. Um, that being said, he's a value buy. I'm not saying get rid of him. I'm just saying mm-hmm. that for me, I would sit there and think, OK, what, where's the ceiling for him? And has he reached it? And will he reach it? And, you know, what can you get out of him? Because. As much as we'd like to say he's a he's a converted striker, do you feel like he's a danger on set pieces? I don't. 
I don't think he's a danger. He's a danger at defending. Uh, yes, sometimes. Absolutely. And listen, I think Nick DePew had a good season last year in t- at times, right? Again, it's sort of, you know, mm. I would like to remind everybody that Leonardo once won Defender of the Year, not because he was the greatest defender, but because he was the least sucky defender that year. Right. So there's there's levels to this. But if if L.A. Galaxy want to be who Greg wants them to be and in every presser when he says if we eliminate our mistakes at the back and we don't concede goals, this team can go really far. And you're not going to go really far with defenders like that in the team. Might sound harsh, but that's the reality. I understand it. I'm, I'm not going to disagree with it. Um, I'll say this right now. The L.A. Galaxies. Uh, defense this year is actually among some of the better ones right now. And I know people are saying it's only it's five early. games. Yes, absolutely. I agree it's early, but they've allowed one goal from the run of play. They've allowed four goals from set pieces and three and one of those set piece goals. It didn't matter what you were doing. You were never stopping that ball. And that was Tui Loma's <laughs> set piece that I don't care what you could have put Nick DePew on somebody's shoulders. He ain't getting to that ball. Um, it was beautiful. It was perfect. It was exactly the way it was supposed to be. So they've allowed three bad goals um, on set pieces and one transition goal from the Orlando game that cost them a game. I mean, I'm not saying that it doesn't have repercussions, but the LA Galaxy's expected goals against right now at home is 0.31. I don't know if I, I, I want people to embrace the defense a little bit because right now, so far in these opening opening games, it's been the defense that's won games. Um, for them. It's been the offense that has to score in order to get the three points, but it's been the defense so far that's won the games. Um, and so that's the defense won the game in Portland. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. You think so? Uh, Portland, Portland, look at, uh, look you don't at, think look, that Edwards Chicharito goal won the game. The third goal. Absolutely. I, I, I have to admit that third goal put that game away. Um, but it does, what's the score whenever Edwards slides on the line and, and keeps that ball from going in. Right. Whenever uh, whenever Nick DePew got put on put in concrete shoes in the center of the field and got dribbled through and then Bond came out to cut off the angle and did a good job to push him wide and delay it just long enough for Williams to come in and slide off top. I mean, the defense has not been bad. They haven't been allowing a lot of shots. It's not like Bond has been back there getting peppered. This is not last year. That's what that's what I, I, I want to acknowledge the progress because I feel like a lot of times we get tied up in in not acknowledging that the defense is just supposed to not let goals in and that's it. Well, they, that's not how they were last year. Um, right now they're averaging. If they, if they keep continue on this average, they will allow 34 goals this, this year, right? Again, early understood, but 34 goals, which would be like 23 or 24 goals better than they were the year before. That's a large amount, five games, but we're watching the trends. Um, yeah, so that's what that's, I see. That's fair, but, I, I don't think after that performance and scoring three goals, you can say that the defense won. Defense. All defense. Game. I'm a defender. It's always defense. the defense. Are you the dude that holds the D and the fence at games? Defense. <laughs> I was going to make a joke. I'm not going to make the joke. But it was funny. In my head, trust me, it was a good joke. Um, it was something about holding the D in the fence, but it's okay. We'll let it go. Um, yes, I have a family show. Um, that's where we say, so, um, that's, that's the center back conversation that we had. Here's the other updates that we need to give you from training. Uh, Greg Vanny said that Douglas Costa trained the day before fully and trained that day. So this Friday today or Thursday today would be his third day of complete training. Uh, and he said that he expects him to be available for Sunday. I don't know if he'll start. Um, but he will be available for Sunday. I expect him to play. He's absolutely playing. In my mind, 100% playing as long as nothing happened between Wednesday and Saturday that, that had a setback. And I don't anticipate that. You, uh, you thinking starting or playing a part 
I really want to start him. So if I really, I would really want to start him. If I'm Greg Vanny, I really want to start him. I don't know yeah. if that's the smartest thing to do, but I really want to start. I like Sam Grancier. I really do. Um, I just, I just don't like him enough. To, and people are going to say, what about Cabral? You're still going to start Cabral. And you're going to, I'm like, listen, Cabral is going to be vital in this game. Huge. Somebody said that they thought Cabral was going to get two goals. I thought it was cute. Um, in this game, I, but I like the enthusiasm. He's going to have to be the one that punishes LAFC for stepping up too high, holding a high line, those types of things. It has to be Cabral. Nobody else will do it. Mm -hmm. Chicho won't do it. Grant Sure won't do it. Uh, Costa's not going to do it. So right. it has to be Cabral. Well, when I, I asked Greg about Cabral, um, was it two or three weeks ago and said, like, do you, do you expect him to be in a different spot progress wise right now? You know, that means goals and just generally you know, just being better in games and more consistent. The one thing he did say is exactly what you just said, is that he makes the runs that nobody else does. And you uh, have a point there, for sure. He may not have the end product, but what he does is he splits the defense, takes plays with him, opens up other channels. Um, and in this game, you're right, that, that could, that could uh, be significant. Well, the other update here's here's um, this is always nice whenever you go to in training stuff. So so I can actually say something I observed at training um, because we're not allowed to watch training. But what I did see was Douglas Costa out walking um, after training. He came over. There was they were doing interviews. Um, I don't know for which channel uh, it was Spanish language. Um, so it could have been Fox Deportes um, on the backside. I don't know that. Um, but they were doing interviews behind our interviews. So I could sort of see guys walking over and talking. So Douglas Costa came over and, and they talked to him. Uh, and then he walked back. So here's a guy. He's walking in his socks. He's got a shin guard still on. He's holding his shoes. Uh, he's walking over. Looked fine. Didn't look like there was any limping. Nothing I could see. Looked perfectly fine. Was smiling. Was joking around. Having a good time. He walks back. And as he's walking back past the bench, Vanny pops off. Now, um, I think Chicharito was talking to us at the at the time. And he was talking in Spanish. So that means I don't have to pay any attention because my Spanish is horrible. I'm not going to pick up anything. So I was watching uh, Douglas Costa and Vanny interact. And Vanny walked over to him and was talking to him. And they were conversing a little bit. And I got a little... Like it almost seemed like Vanny said, how do you feel? Like there was a, there was a, a, a demonstration, right? He was, he was moving his hands. Like, how are you feeling? And then Costa was like shaking his head and gave him the thumbs up. And I was like, okay, he feels fine there. I just, I determined that that's so in my mind, that's the conversation they had. And he said, I feel fine and everything's good. And then he walked all the way back across the field in his socks while dribbling a ball. So there you go. Are you, are, is everybody excited by that, by that vivid description? I mean, guys, another exclusive from Mr. Guestman right here. <laughs> Just gives it to you one after the other. Uh, did that make you giddy? What? The uh, the, the exchange between... Yes. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that's a stuff that you... Uh, that's why I go to training. That's why yeah, it's, it's important best. to be there, right? Yeah. Um, to see the interactions, to see how they're... Uh, again, feel the... What does it feel like on the field on a Wednesday before what is one of their biggest games of the season? Um, it felt loose. It felt calm. It felt confident. They were l laughing and joking, not like they weren't paying attention. They were very focused during training. I can poke my head around. I see stuff on location. Um, they were very focused on training. They were involved. Well, everybody's like, well, what do you do when you go to training? Mostly I talked to other reporters because we're not allowed to watch training. So, you know, we had a sandwich and we talked. And well, was, you can for 15 minutes. Yeah, but I'm not going to get there that early to then sit there on the side. So I just, I don't even worry about the 15 minutes because that's just them stretching and warming up. It's like, okay, that's fine. But I still, you know, there's ways. There's ways you can yeah. poke. If you lean, if you lean enough, 
Don't give away your secrets. I won't. I won't. Um, so anyway, so uh, the, you know, we were able to sort of pick up on that, but they but they were loose. They felt confident. Chicharito came out smiling and talking and joking around and stuff like that. There was a there was a moment. Uh, somebody asked, "Did you guys? Did you and Carlos Vela ever play against each other in Europe?" And, yes, and once, yeah, twice. Apparently, twice. Once was Manchester United, and I, I forget where Vela was playing. Real, Real Sociedad. Okay, so that was one, and then there was another one where where Chicha and again, I didn't, I didn't pick it up. There was another game they played against each other, and Chicha, Chicha, uh, Chicha didn't remember it either. But Katia Castorena was like, was like, yeah, there was. You guys played in this game against each other. I went and checked it, and Chicha goes, "Yep, that's right. I remember it." Right. So there was another game mm. they played against each other, and then so Chicha's sort of laughing. He's like, "Okay, cool," and I go, "Well, who won those games?" Right. And Chicha goes, uh, and he, he, he can't remember. And so Katya goes, Katya gives the answer and I forget what it was. And, and, and Chicha's like, oh man, he goes, okay, I'm done. Katya is just going to answer all my questions. You Hilarious. know, we're, we're good. And so that's the kind of, of looseness that you're getting from Chicha right now. Um, he is, that's why I said to him in the press, um, he just, he just seems happy. He seems, uh, con- just Overall, his energy is totally the opposite of what it has been early in his LA Galaxy career. Uh, he seems on fire, and it is so important for him to stay fit. Stay fit, and you know what? I've I've been very harsh on him, and I said I'll eat humble pie. Um, I'm eating humble pie, you know, on on the Arsenal show for a, a, a number of things. But if he can keep this up this season, last season, had he stayed fit, I think LA Galaxy make the playoffs easy. Yeah. You know, um, that's how vitally important he is to this team. And credit to him. Credit to him. He's worked hard and he seems fit and, you know, just raring to go every single time, you know, he um, we see him in the presser. I, um, it's interesting to see him as focused. And, and I think he knows the same thing that you just said, which was if he stayed fit, that they were going to the playoffs. He knows it and he talks about it all the time. I'm I'm not one who thinks that Chicharito says a lot. Chicharito says a lot. He does not say a lot. He talks a lot. He doesn't say a lot. Um, and he's certainly not going to give LAFC any any sort of ammunition going into a game. Basically, all he said was, I know Carlos. We, he and I are good friends. You know, we, we've known each other forever. Are they? Yeah, I don't know. He says it. Uh, are they? I'm starting to believe that maybe that's not entirely well, well do you do you believe carlos vela is capable of being friends with people because i think chicharito can be friends i think chicharito is my friend half the time whenever you're talking to him he seems like he's always in a mood to chat and do stuff right i don't get that same feeling from carlos vela i don't think carlos vela likes people um Car- <laughs> when, when was the when was the last time he actually spoke to the press because uh i heard he was supposed to speak to the press today and he didn't show up again carlos vela through five years has basically not talked to the press and you yep. can, you can, as fans, you can say that's fine. He doesn't need to. That's not part of his job. No, it is. I'm sorry, I don't accept that at at, at all. Uh, I I think that in this particular league, it's not like the Premier League. It's not like La Liga, or uh, Serie A or Bundesliga. You know, the league is growing. The league is reliant on its stars. Every league is reliant on its stars performing, but MLS in particular is so reliant on its stars, and you know. What I like about Javier is that he comes out, no matter whether the team has won or lost, he puts himself out there and he answers the tough questions. And that is admirable. And he does it not because he wants to um, and not because he has to, but he understands Stan's responsibility of what it means for the media to just get one soundbite from him as well. He gets it. 
Um, and I'm sorry, Carlos Vela just behaves like a petulant child sometimes. And, you know, people might hear this and I, I'm, I'm not afraid to, to get in trouble uh, at all. But the truth is evident. He's not present. He's not there. The media want to speak to him. He's not making himself available. And he hasn't done so in, in, in the seasons that he's been here yet. He is put on a pedestal and he is made to be the holy grail of MLS. He's been great. They haven't won the big one. Right. It's been disappointing. They haven't closed the deal. Right. But, but he's still put up there on a pedestal, not only by the league, but also by pundits. Yeah. No, I I agree. I mean, and, you know, I, I know there's a history with him that he doesn't like the press and that he doesn't like talking to the press and the whole deal. I'll tell you Most this. Most sports people don't. Yeah, I was going to, not one, not a surprise. Two, if you can't get along with MLS press, I'm not going to say we're easy. We're not. All right. We will ask the difficult questions, but we're not going to sit here. Like, I'm not going to sit here and ask Chicharito for the 734th time why he's whether or not he wants to play for Mexico, even though I would like a real right. answer for him just once on that, which is, yes, it hurts my heart deeply that Mexico is not calling me in. I want to play for my country. I want to be part of that team. And I would love to hear that from him because I believe that's what's true for him. Um, I believe it hurts him. Uh, internally that he's not playing for Mexico. I would love to hear him answer that, but he's but not. Car gonna... Carlos Vela doesn't care about playing for Mexico. That's it. He doesn't. He's done. I'm not going to do it. And listen, Zlatan said he was not going to play for Sweden forever. Right. And that turned out horribly. For... I, I think of all the things that are wasted on like both teams and players when they decide not to play for their country and do things. And it's like Zlatan, you're an idiot. You should have been playing for Sweden the whole time. Um, well, he played for his country for a number of years, and of course that things took a different turn. However, you talk about Zlatan. He was soundbite gold. And every he game. is a much bigger star than Carlos Vela. He's won a lot more on the continent than, uh, than Carlos Vela. And yet every single time that dude stepped up, and I tell you, those were the golden years for the media. Mm. Now, I know it didn't end up, the way we, the, the way Galaxy fans wanted it to with Zlatan to deliver the big one. But my goodness, did he deliver every single time when he stepped in front of that microphone? <sighs> fun. Yeah, I expect superstars to, start, to talk. And, and, you know, the thing, it was interesting. Raheem Edwards was asked. Um, I, like, I like him. Super, super interesting guy. Um, mm -hmm. But he was asked, you know, what, whenever you were with, the, with you know, uh, LAFC was Vela. You know, are Vela and Chicha a lot alike? He's like, yeah, because they're both leaders and the whole deal. The whole deal. And I just, I don't believe it. I don't believe Vela is the same leader as Chicharito. I just, it, it just, it, it almost boggles the mind. Maybe he is. Maybe he is. I don't know. I don't watch that team enough. But it feels, it, it feels more like Chicharito is the kind of, player that players will follow to the end of the earth whereas players might follow Carlos Vela to the end of the block um, to the parking lot maybe and you know <laughs> and that's and I and you know I've I I go and cover games there I've watched him play I've watched that team play uh it's a great it's a great crowd it's a great atmosphere their stadium's great we know all of these things um but when you're the star of a new franchise and you are the anointed one to be the star of the league, you have to speak to the media. No excuses. And the fact that they don't make him do it and they allow him to get away with it. Which is a media policy by MLS, by the way. If you're yes. requested, you're, you, you need to speak. And we, it's not like He's we... He's the captain of the team. It's the biggest <laughs> derby in, in the league. And he's not speaking to anybody. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why it's not a bigger 
bigger deal. It should be a bigger deal. All right, let's change because we do have to talk about the LAFC game and I got to get through some other stuff. You're, yes, continue. Sorry, Josh. I was going to say like there were times early when things weren't going great for Javier and he wasn't as accessible, right? In the first few, there was a time where he wasn't and that's because he was going through a bit of a hard time as well. You know, we give criticism where it is due. It's not picking on a particular player here, you know. When Chicharito wasn't playing well, I let him have it. Yeah, as you should. You know. Yep. And Carlos Vela, I'm sorry, but he needs to he needs to man up and face the press. Or or he doesn't because his contract is up in June. That's one of the things that we have to sort of pay attention oh, to. Oh come, that's well, an excuse. I, well, no, I mean, I'm just saying he may not be here yeah. after June to even talk to anybody. Uh, I don't know if that's what he wants or not. Uh, April schedule, we've talked about it. It's difficult. Um, playing LAFC on the ninth, on the sixteenth, the LA Galaxy face Chicago. Sophie, how many goals has Chicago allowed this year? Do you know? <laughs> you you're tell like, me you're like no i have no idea you, you need to know i looked one they've allowed one goal this entire season so far through i think they played five games i didn't look they may have been one that even played six but they've allowed one goal so far in five games uh so that's a difficult wow. game. home to host nashville on april 23rd and then april 30th uh real salt lake uh, uh will host the la galaxy on that day so they end so again a very busy busy schedule for the la galaxy tough teams and greg vanny was even like We've had played, we played like the defending MLS Cup champs in New York City. He goes, we played Portland, who was in MLS Cup. He, you know, we played Seattle already. He's like, we have an extremely difficult schedule so far. I will say, looking at the balance of things, Sophie, and looking at what L and the teams LAFC has played uh, and the conditions in which they were played, LAFC has had a cakewalk so far uh, in Major League Soccer and the teams that they're playing against them. Uh, Eastern Conference wise, uh, Philadelphia at the top, by the way, I believe they're also in charge of the Sporter Shield right now, Philadelphia. Uh, LAFC uh, at the top of the Western Conference, LA Galaxy in third. Uh, the only team between them is Real Salt Lake at 11 points, but they also have six games played. Um, so they have a game up on everybody. And if we look at the Sporter Shield, oh no, it's LAFC. I lied. Uh, LAFC and Philadelphia and Salt Lake and New York and Atlanta and the LA Galaxy in sixth in the Sporter Shield right now. All right. Let's start talking about it. LA Galaxy versus, like we haven't already been talking about it, LA Galaxy versus LAFC coming up on Saturday, April 9th. It's a 4.30 p.m. TV time. 25-minute lead-in. Kickoff is at 4.55 p.m. I will tell you, you will ask me on game day and you will tweet at me and say what time is kickoff. And I will say that I already told you, but then I will also remind you again. <laughs> but it is at 4.55 p.m. That is when you can expect it. The LA Galaxy, again, have put out the very special alert, alert, alert. Um, let's see if I can I can get my uh, alert going. Alert, alert, alert. Arrive early for this game. <laughs> I love it. All right. Arrive early for this game. Don't miss it. It's very important that you show up um, and that it will be a difficult time getting into lines and doing all those fun things. Arrive early. Uh, avoid the parking lines and take the Galaxy Express. It's free. The Galaxy Express shuttle begins service two hours before kickoff, operating approximately every 10 minutes and running through the match's 15th minute. Return trips will begin after the game and will run for 45 minutes. Parking is free at our two Galaxy Express pickup and drop-off locations, Harbor Gateway Transit Center and Del Amo Station. Uh, that's where you can find that. The other thing I want to warn you about before you even go into the stadium is there is an increased and enhanced stadium protocol. We are committed to providing safe and enjoyable 
sustainable environment, the LA Galaxy say, for our guests and their families at all events. After consulting with internal and external security experts and reviewing existing safety and security protocols, the LA Galaxy and LAFC have mutually agreed to enhance security plan for rivalry matches taking place at Dignity Health Sports Park and at Bank of California Stadium. While the overall fan experience will not be impacted by these new measures, specific portions of both the stadium will have special protocols to ensure safety for all. So plan accordingly. Basically, I am going to guess what they're going to do here, Soph. Very simple, is they're going to make some areas of the stadium off limits to certain fan groups. So if you're with the LA Galaxy, you may not be able to walk behind the supporters section for LAFC and LAFC will not be able to walk behind Victoria Block or LA Riot Squad. They're going to keep them out of those areas, which is what they should have been doing from the very beginning. And they have failed to do on multiple occasions and is the main reason for any of the brouhaha's that have happened uh, inside, outside of stadiums. So this is this is where I love how MLS rivalry is growing and getting more intense to the point where there's going to be some derbies where you're going to have to start separating fans like in Europe, you know, um, for safety reasons, but hopefully everything will go swimmingly uh, this weekend. But the fact that this is a conversation and it's brewing, not because of trouble, but just because it's intense. Rivalries are intense and there are rivalries that are growing in MLS season on season uh, as well. This one in particular, I mean, it's very easy for fans to cross it uh, at the diggity. Yeah, it is. And uh, eventually this game will be moved to SoFi Stadium. They'll cart in real grass for it. But both of the games will be played there. It'll be half and half stadium. It'll be wonderful. It'll be a spectacle of all of Major League Soccer. It'll be a spectacle around the world. Uh, nobody believes me, but that's exactly where this is headed. And I give it about five years for that to happen. So that being said, they're going to have that to figure out. That would be amazing. It, of course it would be. And and like if you understand the media that would be of like the the way that you broadcast yourself across the world with that picture with black and gold on one side and blue, white and gold on the other side. And like you basically have it's it's like uh, um, it's like Wembley whenever they have the promotion uh, games, right? The promotion mm -hmm. playoffs and those finals. And they have half the stadium for one set of fans and half the stadium for the yep. other set of fans. It's, it's nuts. It's crazy. That's what that's what this could be. Um, so, you know, that's I, eventually they're going to have that where you're not even going to be able to enter if you're an LA Galaxy fan on one side of the stadium, right? You're going to come in on your side of the stadium and they're going to go on their side of the stadium and you're going to leave and there's going to be separate parking lots and a whole deal. So that's where this is heading eventually. But just give, keep an idea. Keep your mind open to the fact that things are going to be just a little different. So don't freak out about it. Just understand why it's been put in place there. All right. All right. Oh. All right, uh, let's see. Where else do we want to go? Well, we need to talk about the game. It's an interesting game. Um, I need to pull up my notes on it, too, because I made a whole bunch of little tiny notes that uh, I will forget if I don't um, don't get to them. Uh, this is the 14th overall meeting between these two teams, Sophie. Um, it is unbelievably equal whenever you look at like goals scored and stuff like that. Each, game, each team has scored 29 goals. Each team has given up 29 goals. Um, so ridiculously even. That being said... Uh, the Galaxy are 5-3-5 five, and five all time against LAFC. They have a winning record against LAFC. Uh, the Galaxy are 4-0-2 oh, at Dignity Hill Sports Park. Uh, so they've never lost at Dignity Hill Sports Park. We, we talk about this. This is one of the things. LAFC has never beat the Galaxy at Dignity Hill Sports Park in, you know, in it's Carson. Crazy. In Carson, they've never beat them. Um, <laughs> 14 goals for, 8 goals against for the LA Galaxy. Um if you look at it, too, it's interesting because six games played at Dignity Hill Sports Park so far, six games played at Bank of California Stadium, and there was one game at MLS's back where they played against each other. 
Um, and that was listed as an LAFC home game. So technically in seven home games, uh, you know, LAFC only has the, the three victories. Um, and one of them came away from their stadium. So they've only even beat uh, the Galaxy have only lost twice to LAFC at Bank of California Stadium whenever you do it. So um, it, it's it's like I said, all the stats are very even, except whenever it gets to being played at Dignity Health Sports Park where the Galaxy have had the edge. Um, yeah. The Galaxy right now, and I've said it already, Galaxy have an expected goals uh, against at home right now of 0.31 goals per game. That's ridiculous. It's only like, you know, two, three games, but it's still that's a that's a very low number. And so when we look at all this and there's been so much hype about LAFC who comes into this game undefeated, right? Um, I actually have their undefeated the rank. So the very first game of the season, Sophie, they beat Colorado three to nothing at home. Uh, Colorado is not last year's Colorado. Let's be very clear about that. They're going to be they're going to fit and start and do some things. I do not believe Colorado might not even be a playoff team this year. So I wasn't impressed in Portland uh, or against Portland. They tied them one, one. So and I think you remember that game. I don't know if you were, I think you were there at that game, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. And that was a game that LAFC struggled mightily to get back into the game whenever, and Portland went down to 10 men. Uh, 10 men. Yeah. Yeah, That was the 10 men game. Yeah. 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 And it was a super soft call, super soft call. So, so, so one, one at home is not exactly stellar. Then they go away to Miami. Miami is a dumpster fire. Oh, gosh, what a mess. <laughs> Poor Phil Neville's going to get booted out of there. And I think it's probably going to be more a fact that, you know, they cheated and they have no money. Um, and that's probably the biggest deal for, for our my, my smooch master over there, Mr. David Beckham. Um, so, he's <laughs> yeah, I, we got to bring it back to that. Um, so they won 2 nothing against Miami. OK, easy enough. So that's that was an away game. They won there. Good job. Then they beat Vancouver at home. Vancouver is just slightly less of a dumpster fire than Miami is. And I just don't believe that Vancouver is going to be a very good team. doesn't mean the Galaxy will beat them, by the way, because I feel like Vancouver always has Galaxy's number for whatever reason. Uh, but they beat Vancouver 3-1. to one. The one win I will give them absolute credit for is going to Orlando all the way yes. across the country and beating Orlando. I think Orlando is a good team. I don't think they're great. I thought the Galaxy yeah. played they better. They are sixth. They're sixth in the um, in the conference. Yeah, I agree. I think that was a good. You you can't take that one away from them. That's tough going there, and it's it not an easy place um, to to play. It is. I I will say this though, and when you look at the two teams, um, and sort of how they're positioned in terms of, um, you know, expected goals for, and ex- it's, it's very interesting in the Western conference, the two teams with the highest expected goals right now, LA galaxy are number one in the Western conference with 1.37 expected goals per game. Um, the LAFC is right behind them at 1.31 expected goals per game. Having said that, if you go back and you look at some of the games that they played in, um, LAFC played in. And by the way, let's focus in a little bit on this because I think it's super interesting when we look at their, their passing chart, Sophie, and we mm-hmm. look at their average positions, they are extremely condensed. LAFC oh, yeah. is so tight in the middle. And Greg was talking about it. I, I, I don't know if you even heard him. Kevin was, was, was asking him the questions, but Greg was talking about, he goes, listen, they're a team that likes to keep you out of the middle and tries to counter press into the middle and turn you over. If you look at this passing chart, there are literally 10 players all just basically outside of the center circle. Mm-hmm. That's un- so, so all the middle control, all of the control that the LA galaxy had with Mark Delgado in the center would be really useful in this, right? And when we look at how you can exploit LAFC, it is to get them out and around and get by them on the wings, 
right? Well, a hundred percent. So, so who is the player that has to get out and around them on the wings for the LA galaxy? Go ahead. You can say it. Everybody already knows the answer. It's, well, it's going to be Kevin Cabral. Yeah, I know he, but not because he's going to do anything magically. Correct. It's because of his positioning and what he's going to do to allow that. All he has to do is, and this may sound like people will be like, don't be crazy. So all he has to do is make the right pass. Oh, that's, that's it. it. <laughs> <laughs> that is it. That's his job at the weekend. I, I run the channel, make the pass. Don't try and do anything fancy because Cheech is coming. That's the whole thing yes. is if you can get in behind them, you can stretch this LAFC defense. If you can get through them and, and listen, I, the galaxy have played through the middle a lot this year. Um, they've also stopped teams from playing through the middle, but that's with Mark Delgado. I don't know who, who, who Vanny is going to put in there for me. If it's like for like, it's Sasha question, but with Sasha being out and you heard Greg, he said, if he's out, he's been out for seven to nine days. It's harder for me to just put him in and plug him in. We talked about possibly Leardam being put in the central defensive midfielder, put Julian Araujo on the right hand side. I am very, very skeptical of whether or not Greg Vanny's going to start Julian Araujo. And there's two schools of thought for me on this. Stay with me. So, whoa, I know. Julian Araujo has absolutely been electric in most of these El Traficos, right? I mean, yes. he has been very good. Greg doesn't want hotheads, though, and Julian has shown himself to not be of sound mind lately. And so I'm worried right now that Greg is going to lean on Leardam at right back and not put Araujo in to start the game like he did against Portland. Uh, you've got to start your best players in this game. Has, Ara has Araujo been our best player, though? He hasn't, but this is a different kind of game where look, he's got to learn to curb that naughtiness that he has in him. And he's not been great this season. Right. I don't think he's been that great. Correct. But in a match like this, you've got to let him play out of that funk. You do. And, you know, if he gets a yellow... I get it, right? Alarm bells, you've, you've got to manage the game. But for me, he has to start this match because this could be the game that, like you said, he's proven himself in these El Trafico matches, Josh, and I just don't see how you cannot start him. He's worth the risk. Yeah, yeah. And and so, um, you know, it, it's 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 going to be an... I, again, I would focus on that. I... I, I may have, and, and it's not 100%, but I just I think there's some question marks about whether or not he was playing with the starters. And I think that that's, that's going to be an interesting little story. So you want to talk about a storyline for the That's a very high-risk situation that Greg Vanny's getting into. Or, or, or is, it, is it lower risk, though? I mean, and, and here's why I say that, is that Leardam is the more defense-first defender, right? And so he is going to be, maybe we would call him the more stable of the two defenders in terms of where he is. Now, Araujo is really skilled at getting up and down on the right-hand side and being part of the attack and then working back as well. But he's less of a defensive master than Leardam is. I think Leardam has do been you, good. But Do you think there's a concern if Douglas Costa starts too that that's too exposed? But they don't, like, they, they love playing through the middle. So mm. I feel like with Araujo and Costa, there's a lot of damage they can do on that side. Right. Um, and the the way they kind of can interchange as well. I just, I think you have to start your best players in this match and then manage the game as it goes. If it doesn't, 
if it doesn't work out. Well, I mean, for me, and again, um, I'm showing you even a, a different uh, passing chart if you're watching on the video section of this um, with LAFC against Miami. Again, very condensed, everything very much in the center of the field. Um, Carlos Vela um, and and just his positioning in some of these things, and I'll go back to, to one where uh, he's actually in it as well, is that you see that he cuts inside, right? Douglas Costa cuts inside. Um, I think there's going to be less room inside. And listen, uh, Greg called them, and I think this is an important distinction with everybody too. Greg called them a counter-pressing team. Um, that's a that's a defensive situation here and not necessarily an offensive situation. But what its job is, counter-press, is in order to turn you over and turn you over in dangerous spots and then be able to counter-attack out of a counter-press. That is their job. That's why they stay condensed in the middle. So for all of the times the LA Galaxy play through the middle, that's not necessarily the route. And the idea also is they stay compact enough, Sophie, that whenever you mess up something down the line with Cabral or something like that, and you don't work back, they're going to outwork you to get back in those positions. And, and I actually think that I know it's early, but I, I told Gio um, when, I, when I was on his show a while ago, maybe Two, two and a bit years ago, mm -hmm. I said, LAFC will never win MLS Cup with Bob Bradley as manager. Mm -hmm. They just won't. Because there's, it, he's won previously, but there was a, I would say this with respect, a level of arrogance to how he, he wasn't conservative enough at times, but then also there were just moments where they believed their hype a little bit too much, right? Right. Chirondolo is totally different. Mm-hmm. And I think his experience in Germany and the, the the discipline that is required and the team that the team that he was associated with, there is a measured discipline, but still an explosiveness to this team. Yes. Which makes them a bigger threat, in my opinion. You could bend down and just try and bite into a sandwich, and that's how quickly. Right. They're, they're already in the box and they can they can get a goal. Yeah. If you look at their XG and just sort of like in the positions, they're scoring from from not great positions, but they're scoring so quickly too. they they're yes. either scoring from extremely high positions, like like extremely high percentage positions, which is they made a cross and there's a guy in the six yard box and he's all by himself because they just countered you to death. Um, they are that quick. They're not a build-up team. Uh, Chirundolo keeps himself. They do not send the fullbacks into attack. Greg mentioned it. He says they do not send their fullbacks into the attack as much mm -hmm. as Bob did. We know that. They stay back. You talked about a measured discipline. There is a measured discipline. It's one of the reasons that they have been good. It's sort of the best case scenario for this counter-press, counter-attack, and then being aggressive. They are they're balanced with their aggressiveness. They take the opportunities to move forward well. And when they do, if you're not in position, a lot like the Orlando game right the LA Galaxy dominated mm -hmm. that game um, they're probably going to dominate possession in this game I would imagine uh, having said that I could see LAFC scoring three goals on three three chances it's it's stuff like that you you cannot even yes. give them the chances because they will capitalize on those chances a hundred percent and you know the other thing that Trondolo's has done I think from just the presses I've been involved in or when I've been there to watch them play the sense I get is that he doesn't placate, you know, I think not, not Bob Bradley's a tough character, very, very tough character, but Chirondolo is truly about team. He's not about the individual of Vela, the individualism of, of Vela. He's more about 
how can we function as a team always? Mm -hmm. Oh, and by the way, we have this really talented player who has done great things for our team. And I think that makes them a little bit more dangerous going into this particular match. I think that this is a, a clean slate now because, you know, Bob Bradley's LAFC couldn't win at LA Galaxy. Right. This is a little bit of a different style of LAFC, which Galaxy need to be very careful of. I I will say this, and and listen, it sounds sounds like it's like doom and gloom. I I don't believe that at all. No, 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 not at all. We're just talking about... They're dangerous, but they that are. doesn't mean that this LA Galaxy team isn't galvanized, isn't playing as a group. They've got wonderful chemistry. There's a togetherness about them. Like you said at training, there's a good spirit. We see it with the players when they come into the presses after games, win, lose, or draw. They're together. Um, Greg Vanny is a great defender of them, whether they play good or bad. I think he's building something, and we're seeing the fruition of, you know, kind of this team turning now into Vanny's team, you know, uh, turnkey. And that is the difference. Now, Chicharito being fit is fundamentally important, and this is why Rajo has to play. You need the spice. You need the players who know what it's like to play in these matches, and you need to have those players who have good history of playing in these matches and think they can own LAFC players. That's why he has to start for me. It's crazy. I went through and looked at sort of like the fixture leaders, right? Like if you look at who scored the most goals, well, it's Carlos Vela, 10 in that, and Zlatan Ibrahimovic had nine in it. Um, you know, Sebastian Leggett was part of that. Christian Pavone was part of that. Uh, you go through here, there's not a lot of LA Galaxy players. Uh, Jovalich, by the way, has two goals against LAFC. So I'm just saying, Greg, you know, if you if you want to put the put the young kid in in this game, he scores goals in these games. Mm. So that that's something to look. But when you go through it, there aren't a lot of LA Galaxy players on these lists up near the top because the Galaxy have switched players a lot. Julian Araujo, yes. by the way, leads uh, the series in assists which is one of the reasons that you might want to get him. Him and Diego Rossi both had four uh, minutes matches played so far. Latif Blessing has that over anybody on the LA Galaxy. And the leader for the LA Galaxy was Sebastian Legette with 12. Well, he's not here anymore. Jonathan Dos Santos with 10. Well, he's not here anymore. Daniel Stare is with 10. Well, he's not here anymore. David Bingham with nine. He's not there anymore. Rolf Felcher with nine. He's not here anymore. You know, Julian Araujo is down there way down on the on the there with eight. That's the guy who has the most experience in these El Traficos is Julian Araujo on this team. So it's really, uh, I don't know, it's, it's like intense for me that you look at these things and you say, these, this LA Galaxy team does not have the same history with LAFC as LAFC players have history with the LA Galaxy right now. There are more mm. experienced players on the LAFC side in this rivalry. And I wonder if you lose any of that. And I don't think you do. But I wonder if that plays into this. Latif Blessing, for as much times as he's been posterized by different players on the LA Galaxy, and it's been a couple different ones, um, has a lot of experience in in El Traficos, 100%. Yeah. I think there's something quite... Uh, not The not knowing part is could be good and bad, right? You right. could have nerves. But also the not knowing part is it's just another game. Yep. And I think Greg is such a good coach about conditioning the players when they go in to get it's just our next game and the next game just so happens to be against LAFC and the players know the importance of this match they don't need to be told the importance of it right right um but I I 
I think that there's being at home in this first one, the LA Galaxy have to win this match. Yep. yep. They've, they've, they've got to win this match. And I think they can. And what a time for one of these players to become an instant cult hero for lag. I mean, talk, if there's one player, honestly, you may not believe me, but if there's one player, I just, I would love it. I would absolutely right? love that kid to have that moment. He he has a hat trick in 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 his, in his, uh, his you know against El Trafico. Just Trafford, one yeah. goal will do. Just, a hat trick, I mean, three, <laughs> three. Let's get greedy. Let's let's not go. By the way, but uh, let me. Before, these are the games where heroes are made. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, that's what makes these fun. By the way, mm-hmm. I think it's the biggest rivalry in Major League Soccer. Um, oh, a hundred percent. And uh, it's certainly. And I said this. I was on an LAFC podcast, um, and I said this. I go. I go. You know the. <laughs> Los Angeles doesn't come alive for any other game. It's not the Lakers and the Clippers. I mean, that's fun, but it's not really. Everybody thinks the Clippers are just, eh, whatever. Um, and then everybody loves Lakers even when they suck. Um, so there's that. There's the Dodgers and Angels. Does anybody get really excited when Dodgers and Angels? No, no. Only nobody. if it was the World Series. If it was the World Series, it might be, and that mm-hmm. would be exciting, right? Did anybody get excited for the Kings and the Ducks? Yes, it's fun. Is it? Is it? animosity wise on the level of what this game is it's not even close this is the most energetic rivalry in all of los angeles by the way the media capital of the world the most energetic rivalry in the media capital of the world there will be people around the world watching this game yes that's that says something about this rivalry that's what i like about it by the way just like to set it out there one more time the name of the rivalry is el trafico you can't change the name just because you got your butt kicked and every year on March 31st, the whole league and most of the world celebrates you getting your butt kicked. That's not how it is. You should just embrace it, wrap your arms around it and say, yep, El Travico, that's what it is. Because coming up with all these ridiculous names makes you look ridiculous. All right? It's are all- we still... Are, is no, that, it's only one side. Is that, it's only one is side. Is that still going though? It's, it I is. Mean, they, still tr- they try all the time because, again, I was on an LAFC podcast and they're like... What was it? El Clasico Angelino. I'm like, just stop. It's El Trafico. It is what it is. It is what it is. Everybody knows it around the world. Everybody knows it. Why do they know it? Because you got your butt kicked. That's why. It was Zlatan. It's El Trafico. It's always going to be that. You trying to name it something else is like you denying reality. So again, that's where we go. Um, Do you know know that moment with Zlatan, that goal, Mm -hmm. right? The the hello Mm -hmm. Los Angeles goal. Mm -hmm. I I have to say, I have to say I think I enjoyed that more than the MLS Cup wins. Yes, at the, Dignity Health, the electricity in that stadium was far beyond anything that happened in any of those MLS Cups. So, and I have no problem saying that. And as a matter of fact, the further I get away from that game, the more I almost look back on it with a little bit of sadness, knowing I don't think we'll ever see anything like that again. Um, now, this game is crazy. Please don't, please don't like until miss. Ronaldo comes. Yeah, <laughs> and then Messi's on one side and Ronaldo's on the other side, and they Come play on. each other. Uh, no, it's Messi and Ronaldo on the LA Galaxy side. I forgot. I forgot. That's how it's going to work. Oh, uh, Messi's going to David, isn't he? I don't know. I mean, they, they, is that team even going to be around? Aren't they? Gonna, is, he, is Phil Neville going to put it in his suitcase and take it back to London with him? Or I, I don't. Know. I mean, Phil Neville's just a bad manager. He wasn't great for the Lionesses. He he was terrible when he helped his brother in um, in Spain. Um, um, and sometimes good players don't make good managers. And 
you know, but they, I mean, that's a poor t- I mean, they've recruited badly. They've spent it, you know, as we as chronicled enough. But anyway, right. we're not going to talk about them. Uh, Patrick, by the way, gives us a ten dollars super chat, says this show kicks butt as usual. And uh, and Nicolau, I like it. He uses your last name just like Ooh, it's yeah, it's yeah. And Nicolau takes it to another level as usual. Hashtag free mutatu. Hashtag Vanny knows how to win. <laughs> Poor, poor Farai. I'm, a, I, I like, I'm, a, I'm now one of the messages, dude, and be like, just, Josh knows. just chill. Yeah, I know, I know. It's, all, it's all good. He's fine. There's no problems. We're, they're working on it. Um, so that's what it is. Okay. So craziness time. I mean, this is a crazy game. I, I will say this. I don't like to predict these games, and the reason I don't is I have no idea what to ever expect from these. These are crazy, wacky games. I mean, wasn't LAFC was going to beat the LA Galaxy? I think at Bank of California Stadium, and then one of their guys like passes the ball to to Ola Kamara, and then like the Galaxy score, and they tied the they tied the game. That's something that should never happen in any soccer game, and it has happened. And little weird things happen in this game all the time. So. Sophie, knowing how wacky and ridiculous this game is, and no scoreline is out of bounds, I'm convinced. Um, what do you think of this game coming up? LA Galaxy get the win at home? Can you, I need you to answer a question for me before I give you my prediction real quick. Oh, yes. Who, who will start in defense? Who will the two center backs be? Uh, I'm going to guess it's Williams and, and Depew. And the only reason I say that is not necessarily that would be my choice, but Greg has talked about not changing a lot of things from game to game. He's trying to keep things simple. The real question is what happens with Delgado. I think you can put a Rajo in at right back. And if you wanted to put Leardam in at central defensive midfielder, you could do that. It makes you a lot. Oh, I like, that's what I would do. That, see, there is some, some understanding that sort of like that makes some sense. Um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes, but that's that's so I don't know. Is I don't Sasha know. Sasha going to play any? Is he going to be on the bench or is he not going to make it? Health and safety protocols was supposed to. Greg told us that he would be um, that today would be his first day of availability coming back. He also listen. Health and safety protocols ninety nine percent of the time means that he had COVID or that he tested positive for COVID. Yeah, yeah. Greg yeah. said without saying that he had COVID that he's been asymptomatic the whole time. Uh, if you've been watching his Instagram stories, he was in the backyard playing with his kids. So I think he's fine. Um, you know, that type of thing. So I would expect that he will play a part in this game. I don't know if that is starting. So if in a perfect world, Sasha Kleshen was training with the team the entire week, I would say that Kleshen actually starts in the middle instead of Delgado because Delgado's suspended for this game. Um, that Kleshen would start in there. And this would be the game where you ask Sasha to go 70 minutes. You're like, sorry, dude, this is the game. This is how you do it. Yeah. So, um, so now that I've answered, now that I've not answered any of your questions, let's go ahead and and go Wouldn't it be balmy if, um, if uh, Vela and uh, Chicha got hat tricks in this match, that would be insane. So, the, uh, so three three insane. draw, three three draw, two two hat tricks. I'm gonna go. The I'm difference go maker is Cabral. I'm gonna go three two to LA Galaxy. I think the home the home uh, advantage here. The home crowd's gonna be up for it. I think Chicharito is he's gonna play with a point to prove. If there is a player out there that wants to shine in this moment against Carlos Vela, it is him. I hope he has that spotlight and he has that moment. Three two, he gets a brace and Cabral gets the winner oh. and is the hero oh. of the day. Oh, can you match get scenes? absolute scenes on the field. If Cabral nabs the stoppage time winner um, off of a great fake, like he makes a great move inside the box and he fakes somebody out and everybody goes one direction and he's just standing there with the whole goal wide open and everybody in LA Galaxy land is convinced he's still going to miss it from three yards out. Um, and then he and buries, he buries it, it, buries it. That would, I mean, yeah, I, I, I have a real time, real tough time gauging this right now. I don't think LAFC's played anybody that I really truly re- respect in terms of, oh, that was a good game. The Orlando game is is a good one, and I give them credit for that. This is a different situation, though. 
Um, and it's not, it's, it, it's that's, a Derby. yeah, that's not the same. So you, so you can't really look at that and say, oh, well, that'll be the same. Um, yeah. yeah I, even when Arsenal and Tottenham play, it's like form goes out the window. It's a rivalry. It's a Derby. Anything can happen. Everyone's up for it. There could be so many twists and turns in the match. You, you, yes, they're in good form and they haven't lost. But I feel like that little um, mini juggernaut that everyone's raving about will come to an end this weekend. <clears throat> I think uh, I think this is very much a game that is in doubt in the 90th minute. I, I, I think it's tied. It's either 1-1 or 2-2. Um, and I think that somebody's going to come up with a ridiculous play. I'm not sure who it is. Um, I always remember in, in the first El Trafico uh, that Urania uh, hit the post just before Zlatan hit the 90th minute winner. Um, in, in that game, and I always wondered, like, if that goes in, then LAFC probably wins that game. It's it's not a it's not a, like a draw, like something. It's just something about it felt like LAFC would have the momentum then to to win that game, and it didn't happen. Um, and so I feel like there's all these alternate universes where things go through. So like, if the Galaxy hit the post and it just kicks the wrong way and it doesn't go in, you know, does that mean that LAFC wins the game? These are the things I stay up late at night. Um, I, <laughs> I, well, Efra can come on and score a wonder goal. I, you know what? Why not? Why not Let, at least play to his strengths? Give him 15 minutes and one shot off his left foot. I think that that's that's the best he could do. Um, by the way, uh, a, oh, come on. A two dollar super chat uh, from Christian uh, says uh, Depew scores the goal. Uh, he's clear of Ben White. Sophie knows. Um, <gasps> Is that Miles? I, 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 no, it's not. It's a different one. Um, so so not not this not Christian Miles. It's it's Christian Morales. So okay. so a different one. But yes, he's clear of Ben White. Okay. Uh, and then Herb, uh, our sugar, <laughs> our sugar daddy, our original sugar daddy. Uh, Herb comes in and says, late to the show, Josh. Thank you for the extra goodies. I sent Herb some extra stuff. He ordered some stuff. He ordered the scarf. I don't have any scarves anymore. I'm actually working on a new scarf. So that's coming out sometime this year. Uh, and then shout out to the Soccer Diva as well. So Herb gave us a little $9.17 super chat. We appreciate that, Herb. And Herb has blessed the chat room with his presence, which is always a good sign. Um, we love that. Ahead of everything. So uh, for me, I'm saying, uh, yeah, the LA Galaxy win it at the death. It's going to be an exciting one. And uh, I, I, I expect this... Again, I think this is going to be a more cons- a little bit more conservative El Trafico just because I don't think LAFC is 100% attacking and looking to... They're, they're smart about it. So I, I think that the gold count is going to be a little lower because normally it's like the over-under seven goals in these games. Um, I feel like the over-under on this one is probably four. Um, so two for each and, and right around that. So that's what I have. All, All right? right? Are we All good? Right. All right. No, we're, we're good. We're good. I really do hope Douglas Costa plays. I really do. I think there's that's, a good chance. That's it. I think there's a good chance that he does. I think there's a, I think there's a chance that Julian Araujo starts. In my mind, I would start him, but that's something to watch as well. Um, I think Sasha Kleshin will be available and either start or will be come off the bench. Um, I don't think you would hesitate starting Sasha in this case just because he hasn't been training. You're sort of like, nah, we need you. Get in there. Um, so he could... And Bondi, Bondi's going to have to have a really good game because he's going to get some shots. He's... He will be fired upon. I feel I feel like he's going to going to handle it well. Um, so as long as they give him a chance to save him again, sometimes sometimes there's no chance. Uh, and so uh, hopefully that's the LA Galaxy uh, defense coming up and staying strong. All right. Uh, LA Galaxy versus LAFC again coming up on Saturday. First El Trafico of the season. One of two regular season El Traficos, although I do expect and do anticipate that we will once again get a postseason El Trafico this year. Um, and for quite honestly, I think it's for the Western conference final. I don't think it's going to be for small potatoes either. 
uh, I just have a feeling about both of these teams are going to be good teams in the Western Conference. So uh, LA Galaxy, LAFC, 4.30 p.m., a 4.55 p.m. kickoff. Fox and Fox Deportes are your television channels. So that's Big Fox, not Fox Sports 1, but Big Fox over the air, Channel 11 here in the OC if you're around. Uh, sometimes that changes depending on where it is, but I think in LA it's Channel 11. Um, so yeah, that's what we got. Sophie, anything else you want to talk about? We good? No, I just hope it's a really good game and there's no sending off that ruins the spectacle for ev- everyone. Please referee, whoever you are, just be measured and just let the game roll. Uh, that's all. I didn't see who the referee assigned was. Um, I, I'll look it up. I'll, I'll tweet it out eventually okay. uh, whenever it comes. But so is, it, is it is it hot enough in here for you? Is it hot enough over well, there? Well, we've got so? the red shirt. We've got the, <sighs> the hair made it. I mean, you know, I'm looking half bald and sweaty. <laughs> but you know what? We made it and it was worth every sweaty second, Mr. Guessman. That's what I tell my wife all the time. All right. If uh, <laughs> to Sophie, tell, tell everybody where they can find you, please. <gasps> At Soccer Diva on the old Twitter sphere and Highbury Squad as well. If you like a little bit of Arsenal and football in general, come find me. Stay safe and be good on Saturday. Remember, very good. It was a beautiful game. That's, Enjoy it. That's right, So, All right, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at JGESMAN, J G U E S M A N, of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Corner of the Galaxy.com is where you can find all of our stuff. Complete El Trafico coverage coming your way on this wonderful, wonderful Saturday this weekend. We hope everybody enjoys. For Miss Sophie the Cannon Nicolau, I'm Josh Pato Guessman. You've been listening. You've been watching Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.